Heavenly Father, pour out your Holy Spirit into our hearts through the preaching of your word, that together we might be transformed more into the likeness of your Son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Well, you can bet that I would have never visited a place like this before I was an Anglican. Well, maybe just to make fun or out of some crude curiosity, but not out of any real appreciation. And to be honest, even as an Anglican priest, I still had my suspicions. I mean, what's the point? What are these guys doing anyway? All day long, confined to one small piece of real estate, each day, every day, stopping seven times to pray. But I suppose if I'm an Anglican priest on sabbatical, it does seem fitting to take a few days for personal retreat at a monastery. Besides, it sounds so spiritual, doesn't it? People will think I'm so holy. Well, the clincher was the thought of five days of uninterrupted silence away from the noise of a crazy summer schedule. Now, that does sound divine. And so at the end of this past June, I was off to the Abbey of Gethsemane, just southeast of Louisville, Kentucky. Now, for whatever reason, I had imagined that the prayer services at this monastery would be quite inspiring. I mean, think about it. If these monks have been chanting psalms seven times a day, every day, nonstop, since 1848, well, this should be quite a performance. And so I was primed for this angelic choir to lift up my heart into heavenly places. But come to find out, this was no evening song. Nothing here for me to post on social media. It was thoroughly vanilla. A subpar showing for sure, off-key, wobbly voices, no angelic faces. And on top of this, I was completely lost, at least at first. I didn't know how to join in. I mean, come on, they could definitely use a slick-looking, user-friendly bulletin like the ones we have here at All Saints. (laughs) But then over the next few days, something unexpected and remarkable started to happen to me. As I participated in these daily services, I noticed that my unconscious thoughts began to pulse with the presence of God. The chanting of the Psalms were reverberating in the back of my mind throughout each day as I walked the trail, ate dinner, read a book. The prayers seemed to dance beside me wherever I went, especially the Gloria Patri. That is that prayer that goes, glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit and so on. Now, the words they used were a little different than our version, but because they chanted the Gloria Patri no less than seven or eight or nine times a service, well, it didn't take long for me to catch on. Praise to the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit both now and forever. The God who is, who was, and is to come at the end of the ages. Now with time, these words 
along with a few lines from the psalm set to that melody, became for me a ceaseless prayer. They infiltrated my soul. Because you see, these monks had taught me to pray. Oh yes, I have prayed before, you know that. But when it comes to prayer, there is always much more to learn. More hills to climb, valleys to traverse, always more territory to explore. So that we are always, all of us, learning how to pray. The disciples, too, had likely prayed much, if not most, of their entire lives. I mean, they were not rookies when it came to speaking with God. But that didn't stop them from coming to Jesus one day and asking him, Lord, teach us to pray. You see, that simple request is it's not just for newbies. It should sit comfortably at the tip of the tongues of all of us all the time. Lord, teach us to pray. The great fight of the Christian life is learning how to to pray. For the Christian life, I mean, if it is anything, it is a life of prayer. Whether you can't remember the last time you prayed or whether you have prayed as long as you can remember, each and every one of us will always be a student in the school of prayer. And in a real sense, if you think about it, that's what the church is, a school of prayer, of people learning to pray. Or as Jesus said of the temple of his day, house of prayer. Because, remember, the church is now God's temple on earth, so that as a community, we get to house the very presence of God. The Spirit of God is among the people of God, which means that we, at our core, are a people always learning how to pray, how to commune with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. John Henry Newman, that great English theologian, scholar, and poet of the 19th century who was first an Anglican priest before he was a Roman Catholic priest and then later on a cardinal, he made this statement. He said, a true Christian may almost be defined as one who has a ruling sense of God's presence within him. A ruling sense of God's presence within him. In other words, a person who is at all times learning how to pray. I came across another quote a few months ago, one that has been very convicting for me personally, from a book entitled God of Surprises. Its author, Father Gerald Hughes, makes this bold statement. He says, training in prayer should be the main preoccupation and service given by the bishops and clergy to the church. Whoa. Whoa. He seems to think that as a priest, my daily calendar should be filled primarily with the task of helping us all learn how to pray. And I suppose if we are truly a house of prayer, then that makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Because it means we are always, all of us, learning how to pray. Lord, teach us to pray. When was the last time you made that request to God? When's the last time you made that request of another? of a friend, a pastor, a spiritual mentor. Because if the Christian life is a life of prayer, shouldn't we always be asking one another, please, please, let's pray. Te teach me how to pray. 
we should make that our request partly because none of us knows how to pray as we ought. At least that's what the Apostle Paul thinks. We are weak when it comes to prayer, he says in Romans chapter 8. None of us have this thing figured out. I mean, how often should I pray? How long? What should I say? Or maybe I should be silent instead. Should I use the prayer book? Or do I need to be spontaneous with my prayers? What's what's the right way to do all of this? So we are all full of different anxieties when it comes to our prayer. And Paul doesn't deny the importance of these concerns. He He just puts them in their proper place, which happens to be a very minor place. Because it isn't our responsibility to pray perfectly. No, Paul says, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know how to pray as we ought, but that very spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. You see, all we have to do is show up. Set time aside to flounder around and try this and try that. Because prayer doesn't have to be fancy. It just needs to be faithful. Faithfully present to God. And if we consistently show up and give attention to him in in whatever way that looks like, in, in whatever season of life you're in, then really there is no flawed prayer, no attempt that falls short, since we are all learning as we go, Lord, teach us, teach us to pray. We should also make that our request because prayer at the end of the day is utterly mysterious. I don't know about you, but this uh, little excursus Jesus gives his disciples on persevering in prayer raises a lot more questions than it answers. Ask and it will be given. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Well, praise the Lord for those times when we can look back at our old prayer journals and stand amazed at how God has given or at how the doors have been opened to us. But then we discover that there are just as many entries where things got worse, aren't there? And the sick died, and a a relationship wasn't restored. A business lost, the pain intensified, no matter how we might have prayed. Because prayer, my friends, is mysterious. We are told to present our request to God, but then we are told not to presume upon him. We are told to be persistent in prayer, and then we are told to acquiesce and say, but thy will be done. The Psalms encourage us to shout out our complaints to God, but then in the same breath they tell us to shut up, be still, and listen. We pray God's kingdom come upon this world as the world around us falls apart. Yes, prayer is a mystery. So we say, Lord, teach us to pray. Not so we can figure it out. Not so we can understand all mysteries and all knowledge, but rather so we can turn to the only one worth turning to, so that we can stay present with God through whatever comes our way, for where else are we to go? Of course, we also move through different seasons in our prayer life, don't we? Or at least we we should. Which means we're always exploring new territory, maybe breaking new ground, stumbling at times, soaring at other times, and of course, even stalling out. But in each and every one of these seasons, the appropriate response is always the same. Lord, teach me to pray. Teach me to pray. 
I mean, there were times when praying through an acronym carried my prayer life right along very smoothly. A for adoration, C for confession, T for thanksgiving, S for supplication. Y'all remember this? Acts, A-C-T-S. And then there were times where that didn't work. I did something else, like journal pages and pages of prayer, stream of consciousness, letters to God. I couldn't stop until there were times when those types of things didn't work at all. And I had no idea what to say. And then there are times where I wondered if I could even trust God with my prayers. But in each and every one of these seasons, it's still the same request. Lord, teach us to pray. Perhaps for some of you, like me, when you discovered the prayer book, those ancient prayers gave voice to thoughts and emotions you didn't know how to articulate, and it renewed your faith. Or maybe it was praying a certain prayer and repetition throughout the day, like uh, the Jesus prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy upon me, a sinner. And you'd pray that thing over and over again, and it completely awakens you to God's presence in all things. And then there might be those seasons when the best you can do, which really is not that bad at all, is to hold a person you care for in your mind while you sit in the presence of God for 20 minutes or so and just say nothing. There's no words to say. You just hold them there. You see, the point is, whatever season your prayer life is in, whatever questions continue to haunt you about how prayer, quote-unquote, works, our posture should always be the same. Lord, teach me, teach me to pray. So I ask, what season are you in? What does your prayer life look like right now? Is it dormant? Is it fresh and alive? Is it routine or is it sporadic? Is it full of struggle and pain? Perhaps you're just completely lost. Wherever you are, the way forward is always the same. Just humility, availability, open hands, joining with the disciples in their eagerness to learn more, eagerness to to maybe read a book on prayer, Eagerness to try something new, to to ask someone for advice, for conversation, or perhaps, get this, even to ask someone to pray with you from time to time. Just an eagerness like the disciples to learn how to pray. I'll close with Eugene Peterson, the, the famous American minister who was the author of The Message, along with 30 other books on Christian spirituality. He passed away a few years ago. One of my all time favorite role models of what it means to be a pastor. He was once asked by one of his parishioners that simple question, Pastor Eugene, teach me to pray. And his answer was quite simple. Let's pray together. In fact, he said, come pray with me on Sundays at church. Because that's what we do here, by the way. (laughs) Together, for an hour and a half, we give our attention to God. This is a place where we learn how to pray, and these prayers should overflow and spill out into the other areas of our week. As Anglicans, this is bedrock for us, right? The book of common prayer, learning how to pray together in the Sunday Eucharist, in morning prayer, evening prayer, the prayers of healing, prayers of confession, prayers of silence. We learn how to pray together. Because, friends, we are a school of prayer. We are disciples tugging at the robe of Jesus, asking him again and again every day, Lord, teach us to pray.